Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Folks, my next guest is the former Secretary of Energy, CEO of the Nuclear Threat Initiative, and president of the Energy Futures Initiative. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Secretary Ernest Moniz. There's been so much talk lately about the possibility that Putin might fire off what has called uh, a tactical nuclear weapon or a battlefield nuclear weapon. And um, it just seems to me that not enough attention is being paid to the idea of what tactical means versus strategic. And uh, I I was hoping you could define that for us. Because I feel like this whole subject is just being softened up for us in ways that is just not healthy. Mm -hmm. We're sort of... It's reducing our resistance to the idea that nuclear weapons would be used by talking about it in these kind of soft terms like tactical or battlefield. What is a tactical nuke? Maybe it's best to uh, give you a reference point first. Okay. Uh, the bomb that exploded in Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about 15,000 tons TNT equivalent, 15 kilotons. Uh, somewhat arbitrary definition, tactical nuclear weapons, one-third that size or less. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a factor of 10 less, could be even a bit more. But to give you a standard on the other side, mm-hmm. if you go back to the Oklahoma City bombing of mm-hmm. some years ago and the destruction that caused... That was, of course, not a nuclear weapon. That was a fertilizer bomb, basically. Mm-hmm. So no, no radiation. Mm-hmm. But that was two tons. So 10,000 times less than Hiroshima. So it gives you a scale. A small nuclear weapon ain't all that small. I mean, it's uh, still a pretty bad day. Right. It seems uh, to me like right. the difference is between uh, the worst thing you could think of and the unthinkable. Like, that's the scale. You know, the worst thing yeah. you can imagine and unimaginably horrible... Why do tactical nuclear weapons exist? So they were introduced uh, by the United States and the Soviet Union, uh, as you said, uh, as something that could be viably used in a battlefield. Uh, So you would literally use them against troop concentrations or supply lines and the like. The United States has gotten rid of most of its uh, uh, tactical uh, nuclear weapons. The Soviet Union is not. They've got about 2,000 of them. And uh, Putin's nuclear saber-rattling is certainly very unsettling, to put it mildly. But, you know, he's already crossed a line, even without using the nuclear weapon, as he has essentially threatened to do many times. And the reason is that, you know, the United States and the Soviet Union always took a, what I would say, responsible position, understanding that we had these huge arsenals and that we had to be very careful about managing them. And we had them just to prevent the other side from attacking us. Right, deterrence associated with the the policy of mutual destruction. Whereas Putin now has used it as a coercive tool 
to invade a non-nuclear weapon state. It's a fundamental change. A nuclear, a non-nuclear weapon state Ukraine. specifically gave their nukes to Russia yeah. when the, the Russian Soviet, Federation broke Soviet up. Soviet nuclear weapons returned, yes. returned to Russia, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I would uh, note that the many, many countries that do not have nuclear weapons uh, certainly pay attention to this because the fear has always been that until the nuclear weapons states got rid of their nuclear weapons, they could be used exactly that way as tools of coercion. So, so one taboo has been broken, but the big taboo against using a nuclear weapon, we hope will hold, uh, uh, obviously, despite the threats. Well, today we learned that Russian military leaders discussed the use of tactical nukes. We have intelligence saying that. And that the, the upshot of this, this intel that they have is that these Russian generals believe that Putin is serious about this, even though he has said, no, I would never do that. Yeah, that, that military leaders are discussing that is not new. That's been for decades. Uh, but what is new is doing it in the context of the president, who has the sole authority to use those weapons, having threatened to use them. And, Did you uh, think we would be here because we, we both grew up with the, the looming threat of a, a strategic, strategic exchange of ICBMs and the idea that it's all going to be over tomorrow... That was an ongoing like nightmare of my childhood. But I all let, I let that go in the mid-90s. Did you imagine we'd be here having a, 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 a reasonable subject for discussion is what we're talking about right now? Well, first of all, you're referring back to the duck and cover days. Uh, exactly. Under the school desk. Right, the school desk uh, will right, save all of us. Right. Do we just need uh, to distribute and, school desks again? Uh, absolutely, and, uh, but, but really thick ones. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and, I, and I would suggest as well that I think one is seeing a revival of building bomb shelters in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so we're kind of going back to that time. But your question, look, the Cold War ended, early 90s. Uh, there was kind of like a collective exhale. Well, we got past that. The trouble is that there are some new threats, uh, like cyber attacks. Suppose there's a cyber, successful cyber attack on the nuclear weapons command system, command and control system. Mm -hmm. um, what we're worried about is blunder, that nobody means to use the nuclear we weapons in a major exchange, but that there's a blunder. Somebody hacks in, uh, initiates uh, a series of events where, you know, presidents only have minutes to make a decision uh, in terms of what to do. So we're worried about that, which is why we think we have to keep on with lowering the number of weapons, eventually get rid of them, and satisfy our nonproliferation goals. Who can talk to Putin? So um, we think that who, who can talk to Putin successfully? I mean, many people can talk with Putin, but successfully, yeah, I think you have to start by looking at who does he, who does Russia need on his side? Needs China, needs India. They're buying the oil right now from, uh, from Russia. Uh, maybe you can argue Saudi Arabia and OPEC for the oil markets, you know, et cetera. So the leaders of those countries, and most especially China, uh, could have real sway and we have argued that if Putin were to use a nuclear weapon in Ukraine, it would be very bad for China's self-interest because that could lead in uncontrolled ways to their own security environment unraveling. You know, they live in a neighborhood where Japan and South Korea and Taiwan, frankly, all have significant nuclear capabilities. And if they decided that, you know, they had to move towards nuclear weapons, they certainly have the technical capability to do so. So we think China has a self-interest, and President Xi 
should be talking to his declared friend, uh, don't cross that line. Thank you for such a cheerful conversation. <laughs> Secretary Ernest Moniz, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.